Welcome to the Believer's Guide to Christianity. This is lesson two. We're going to pick up where we left off last time. Again, we went through 10 points last time. Point number one, you receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life because of John 14, 6. That's where Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Point number two, you are made up of three parts, your spirit, your soul, and your body. You were born again from above, which took place in your spirit. So that was something else that you needed to know, that this new life began on the inside. Amen? Sometimes people say, well, my hair color didn't change and I look the same. <laughs> you know? It's like, no, 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 you're looking in the wrong place. All right? It is your spirit that was born again and made new. Number three, when this happened to you, you became a brand new person on the inside, starting a brand new life. All the wrong you did in the past no longer exists. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> okay? Point number four. As a new Christian in Christ, you now also have his mind. This is the mind that was involved in creating all things. So you have the mind of Christ now. Praise the Lord. You know, a lot of good stuff came. You need to know so that you can access this. Number five. At the moment of your salvation, God spiritually freed and rescued you from all evil and dark powers. That's in Colossians 1.13. So you were rescued from the kingdom of darkness. You were translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen? And that's the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. Point number six. When you became born again from above, God came to live in you. You know, God isn't somewhere out there and you're trying to contact him. He lives in you. When you go to pray, just know you took him to pray with you. You're not going in there to try to find him. Amen. Okay. Point number seven, you also joined the family of God and became a child of God. You know, 1 John 3, 1, how exciting. What, behold, what manner of love this is, that we should be called the children of God. Amen? Amen? Point number eight, as a child of God, you are a citizen of heaven. You belong to heaven now. As a citizen, you've got rights. That's what prayer is about, by the way, family. Prayer isn't this religious thing that you do. That you have to cross your fingers and do a certain way. Prayer is you as, a, you know, as a child of God, as a citizen of heaven. You are calling on this. On the promises of God. On the things that you need to do the work that God has called you to do. Do you know we all have a destiny in God? We're going to talk about that today. And as a citizen, you need to know what your rights are. And what you, what you need to access and receive from God in order to do what he's called you to do. Who he calls, he equips. Amen? As a citizen, you will be equipped. Point number nine. As God's family, you now have God's angels looking after you. I could do a whole sermon on that one. There is so much out there looking after you. You have no idea. Point number ten. You have been given God's power and His armor. That's Ephesians chapter 6 verses, what is it, 10 and 11? Yep, 10 and 11. Okay? Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Then put on the whole armor of God. It's the armor of God. Amen? No holes in it. Praise God. Okay. Now, as wonderful as all of this is, and as much as God has done for us and in us, what happens when we make a mistake? As children of God, what happens? Because we know what happened before, that we've been forgiven of all of our sin, but there is something different once you become a child of God and you sin, because you start out perfect, okay, what, what then? And that's the big question, because a lot of people, what happens is this, and that's why I want to take a bit of time and explain this out to you. 
People think that when they sin, they didn't get saved. The devil tries to convince them because they sin, they weren't saved. Because if you were saved, then you should be perfect. No, what you need to understand is the perfection that you receive was Christ's perfection. It ain't yours, sweetheart. We love you, but we know you ain't perfect. Okay, <laughs> so what you received was God's own perfection. That's why you can't save yourself. Do you understand? That's why this is not a religion. This is a rescue mission. <laughs> okay, you needed somebody to die on your behalf. To take on all of your sin, pay a price that only God could pay. Did you hear me? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. I told you, we're going to go through John, okay? And then verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then died for us. God died for us. Amen. And that's the reason why we need Jesus Christ. Anyway, so the first of all, the good news is, if you sin after you're saved, you won't lose your salvation. Somebody go hallelujah and amen. <laughs> Okay, Jesus himself said in John chapter 10, verse 28, John chapter 10 and verse 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Did you hear that? Amen. Nobody can snatch you out of his hands. You receive eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. Life never ending. All right. And then he says here, I give them eternal life. If you receive him and you receive eternal life, he says, nobody is going to be able to take you out of my hand. However, to remain in fellowship or good relationship, you have to, now this is secondly, to be open and honest and admit your sin to God. That's the one thing that God wants from you. Just be honest. Say the word honest. Honest. Okay, there you go. All right. <laughs> you just need to be open and honest. Don't hide anything. It's called repentance, all right? You just need to admit to God what you did. And once you do that, 1 John 1, 9 promises us, if we confess or literally acknowledge our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Let me explain this to you. He says two things at the beginning, faithful and just. God is not only faithful to forgive you all of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, but he's also just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The, the difference is this. Number one, God won't turn his back on you. God is faithful. But number two, justice demands. He is faithful and just. Justice demands. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross, it demands that if you ask for forgiveness, that you be forgiven. Pete asked the question of Jesus. He says, how many times do I forgive my brother? Up to seven times in a day? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. I don't think anybody here can, I mean, if you can manage 490 sins in a day, you're doing pretty amazing. You know, <laughs> the thought wasn't the number. The thought was, you never stop forgiving. Do you understand? And if God expects us to do that, then that means that's what he does. So don't ever let the devil lie to you and say, you know, this is already the third time. You go, I got 487 times left. 
<laughs> okay, don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. But, okay, because the Apostle John, who also wrote this, says, I write these things that you sin not. Amen? But if you do sin, you have an advocate, a defense attorney with the Father, Jesus Christ, who fight on your behalf. Amen? I don't have time to preach on all that, but understand something. The reason that we can receive forgiveness and be cleansed is so that we can start anew, and God will not allow the devil to hold something over you and pull you back. He would have lost all of his power over you. And that's what God wants. Because you belong to his family, to God's family now, not to the devil anymore. He has no say in your life. He may tempt you, and you may fall for it. But as soon as you confess your sin, he's not your daddy. As soon as you confess your sin, you're out. Back in the kingdom of light. Amen? So here the Apostle John tells us that as long as we do this, as the moment that we confess or acknowledge our sins, God not only forgives us of our sins, but he also cleanses us from all unrighteousness, meaning that we are restored back to a place of perfect righteousness and complete sinlessness before him, Amen. leaving the devil with absolutely no access to you whatsoever. Amen? Amen? What this ultimately means is that the devil has no hold on us and doesn't have anything to use against us or accuse us of. This is one of those wonderful key scriptures that you should memorize. <laughs> All right, and have at hand whenever you do something that you know is wrong. And don't ever think that God will be harsh and judgmental toward you when you go to him. Because the writer of Hebrews assures us in Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16, it says that we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the son of God. Let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. Verse 15, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, okay? And he says, for he faced all the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. And so he says in verse 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace, that is his loving favor, to help us when we need it. Always remember that the same love... Listen, the same love that got you saved is the same love that keeps on forgiving you when you make mistakes after you are saved. You know, I, I, it saddens me sometimes how much the love of God is preached, and it should be, to receive, you know, to bring someone to Christ, and then how much condemnation is preached after you're in Christ. The you should know better thing, the finger pointing at you. Sweetheart, the love that brought you in is the love that will look after you from then on. That's right. Amen. You know, the gospel means good news. I brought that, brought that out last week. And so I keep saying, if it ain't good news, <laughs> find somewhere else. Come here. Come here. Okay? Look, we'll tell you the truth. We'll tell you if you're messing up. You're messing up. But you need to understand also that somebody died for you. Died for when you messed up. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I've said here, and I need to say this, of course this doesn't mean that your actions will not have consequences. You know, whatever we do out in this world, the world has laws, and it will have consequences. However, it does mean that God can get involved and help you, and all those who were affected by what you did in supernatural ways. Amen? Just know that if you, you know, when you think, God, what did I do? And I've heard all these people. God says, I'll look after it. Amen. 
Hallelujah. All right, moving on. Your new future and destiny in God. Only the best awaits you. Can I start with that? Okay. There are several scriptures that address this. The first is found in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, where God himself says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Isn't that beautiful? I want to read it again. <laughs> okay. He says, I know the plans I have for you. In other words, he's saying, don't, don't assume that you've got your plans and it's great. He's saying, listen, I know the plans I have for you. Some people think, well, God's going to just send me down this really bad road and he's not going to be happy and I'm going to be miserable because they say, if you ain't suffering, you ain't doing nothing for God. That's what some people's philosophy is. Get out of ministry. Get out of ministry. Okay? It, you don't, that, that is not the way this works. God designed you to do something. And when you are doing what you're designed to do, that's when you're the happiest. Because you excel and you shine. God isn't the sort of being that creates you to do something that you can't do. He creates you to do something that you will excel in, be your best at. Do you know why? That, that helps both ways. It's a win-win. Because you feel great doing it. Because you're so good at it. You, have, you seem to have a gift for it. Hello. And everybody that you're helping are so happy you're doing it. Because they can see you have a gift for it. Everybody else failed, but you came in, did something nobody else could. Got them out of trouble. Get it? That's how this works. Those are the plans that God knows he has for you. If you got your own, dump him. They're not as good as his. Go to him and find out. You know, if you're miserable in your job or whatever, can you find something else to do? Go to him and say, God, okay, I'm miserable. Maybe it's miser you're miserable because you're without him. Maybe that's all it was. And suddenly, you know, there's this new life on the inside of you and this new joy and everything is just sparkling new and you're happy and you're bouncy and everybody knows no, why, what's wrong with you. You're on drugs or something. Yes, I'm on the most high. I'm high. I'm high. Yeah. I am, <laughs> okay? But the thing is, there is a spring to your step. Hallelujah. And that's the way it should be. You know, if it's something else, and maybe God's trying to get you out of something, now that you're saved, and he's got his plans for you, and you were not in his plan, then you need to check with him and say, God, where, where do you need me? Where do you want me? He will open the door. You need to be bold enough to walk through it. To this day, I still remember somebody said, because oh, I was praying for them you know, over a job. This is years and years ago, because I don't want to use anything now, because everybody gets upset. Okay, so let me, years ago, okay? <laughs> People that are not here, all right? <laughs> and he came up and said to me, you know, I've got this job that I want to apply for, but it's far beyond what I can do. But you're, you're telling me that if God's leading me to something, maybe I should do it. And I said, is he? He said, I think so, but it's kind of freaking me out. I said, let's pray and get the freaks out. Okay, let's <laughs> so we just prayed and, you know, and he, and he said, I, still, I said, no, 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 no question now. You go, you apply. You know, all they can say is no. Comes back a week later and goes, a big smile on his face. He didn't have to tell me. He got the job. He says, I don't know how I got it. I said, God, God. Okay, don't forget God. All right, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was him. And you need to know this. You need to know it's God. And he said, I got it. And he, <laughs> he said, there were people more qualified than me that didn't get it. Do you understand? That's how it works. Okay. 
He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans to what? Prosper you. Not to make you poor. Hello. Because that's what religion says. God will make you poor. He'll take you down. He wants you to look up and know that when you have nothing, there's God. You think, why, why, why? I was better off without him. No, okay? That's not how this works. Man, he wants to bless you. He wants to say to you, you think you got plans? You wait till I reveal mine. Be a week before you close your mouth. Then we need to go do something, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he says here, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This is what the Apostle Paul talks about when he says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2 and verse 10, when he says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. A good work is something you succeed at. A good work is something you're good at. Hence a good work. Amen? For which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is not predestination. This is about God planning ahead in case you said yes. He didn't want to, you know, Jamie comes in the kingdom and he goes, Jamie got saved. Oh, I wasn't planning on him getting saved. Let me go and make up a plan. Will never happen. No. <laughs> okay? He's got this amazing plan. He goes, Chetty got saved. Okay, here's the plan. It's already there for you. He said, prepare beforehand that we should walk in them. We should walk in them. Amen? It's something we should do. Added to this, there's also what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. He says, and I am sure that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished. Understand that anything that God begins, he'll finish. He's not going to call you and then kind of forget about you. You know, have one of those mental blanks and go, what was I doing again? <laughs> Hello. Okay. Never happen. Never happen. But he starts with you. He'll finish. And it will be a great work. Hallelujah. Know that. So what all these scriptures show us is that God has an amazing plan and destiny for you. Something that is unique to you. Something that is unique to you. Okay. That will bring out the best in you and cause you to succeed in all that you do. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. This is what you have said yes to. I told you, you didn't join a religion. You became part of a kingdom. And here are all your rights now. But it's up to us to commit everything we do to the Lord and make sure that we are following His will for our life. The book of Proverbs, Solomon writes there in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3, he says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. You commit your plans to God, they'll succeed. Because he'll make adjustments. He goes, you go, God, here's my plan. He goes, okay, so that needs a few wheels, all right? It needs an engine. And it, at the end, he'll, okay, even if it's to build it from the ground up, it'll work. You go with the stick figure, you come back with the 3D drawing. <laughs> it'll work, trust me. Okay, he goes to explain why in Proverbs 20 and verse 24. He said, it is the Lord who directs our steps. It is the Lord who directs our steps. If we commit things to God, He will direct our path. He will direct our steps. Amen? Yeah. 
This is the new future and destiny we have to look forward to because Jesus Christ is Lord of our life and we now belong to the family of God. And this future is not just limited to what we can do, but what God can do. Jesus himself says in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 18 and verse 27, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Then added to this, Jesus goes as far as to say in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26, with God all things are possible. Amen. So there's nothing that's impossible. Whatever God asks you to do, it needs to be in His will. He needs to be behind it. But once that happens, forget about it. Whatever He asks you to do, no matter how impossible it may seem, trust Him. And it has to be in His time, not in yours. All right. (laughs) So that's the life you and I can look forward to. One that is filled with hope and limitless possibilities. Amen? All right, and with this new divine destiny comes divine provision from a heavenly father who loves you dearly and has only the very best for you. The apostle James says in his letter to the church in James chapter 1 and verse 17, listen carefully, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If it's good and it's perfect, it came from God and comes down from the father of lights. Added to this in his letter to the Philippian church, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Notice he says, the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs. He says from his glorious riches, not from what you have. Do you hear me? Regardless of what you have or do not have access to, God will supply your need. Hallelujah. And if you run into any problems from now on, here, praise God. You know, it just gets better and better, doesn't it? The Apostle Paul says uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he says, do not worry about anything. Number one, don't worry about anything. Well, you know, this is the one thing I think that we're champions at in the world. Worry. Okay? First thing he says, don't worry. Second, he says, but, this is what you do instead, but pray and ask God for everything you need, and when you pray, always give thanks. The thanks is, thank you, Lord, that you heard my prayer, and that you will supply all of my need, because you promised it before, according to your riches in glory. Amen? Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You know, this is one of the greatest blessings you receive when you come in the kingdom, is God's peace. He says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen? It will guard your heart and your mind. Your heart and your mind. There's so much more that you need to know about this new life you've entered into and why you need to go to church. All right? You need to find a church that preaches the word. If not, come here. All right? So that you can learn and grow and mature in the things of God. The writer of Hebrews uh, addresses this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. He says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. See, even back then, people needed to be encouraged to go to church. Because that's where God planned for people to fellowship and grow spiritually. Do you all hear me? Amen? And why he placed the fivefold ministry, I'm one of them, okay, <laughs> different ministry gifts, okay, uh, to help Christians achieve this. Uh, that's what the Apostle Paul brought out in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. He says, and he, that is Jesus Christ himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. They put a comma somewhere in there that shouldn't have in the King James. This ministry is to equip you to do the work. 
Okay, and so that's why it says for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, comma, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What you're getting right now is hopefully edification. All right, verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or mature man or woman to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow, what a standard. Until we come to the place where just like Jesus Christ. He was perfect, man. He was perfect. And that's what this is all about, coming into that perfection. Amen? All right. And it's only the Word of God that can do this with the Apostle Paul saying in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, he says, For all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. I really love that. Okay? It's the thing that fixes us up. It says, you think this way, don't think that way anymore. Think this way now. You know, somebody hurt you, you want to take revenge, don't. Love them, love them. Okay? Because you're cutting things off when you do that stuff, and you're in the devil's territory. All that stuff you learn by coming to church. All right, so, <laughs> so the more we listen to the word, the more we renew our minds, which is when you go from the world's way of thinking about things to God's way of thinking. Did you hear me? With the Apostle Paul encouraging us now in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The transformation happens when you renew your mind. Amen? That you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Listen to me. Renewing your mind to God's word for every area of your life is not as much a destination as it is a journey. And one that you will begin now and will last for the rest of your life. It is what takes you from God's good will for your life to God's acceptable or pleasing will for your life to finally God's perfect will for your life. And that's where you want to be. That's where the blessings are. That's where the peace is. That's where the protection is. And that's where all of your needs are met and where you fulfill your destiny in God. Amen? All right. So that concludes this brief introduction to your new life in Christ and what you've come into. And become a part of. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.